Clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, somebody, open up your mouth right now. Let everything, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, somebody, one more time. Just lift up your voice without any music, without any drums, without any piano, no melody, just, just your voice lifted up to Jesus right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Amen. Amen. It's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord tonight on a Friday night. No place I'd rather be than in church on a Friday night. And it's good to see all of you here, a full house. What a wonderful testimony that is. Uh, to the Lord to have a full house on a Friday night. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 1, the gospel of Luke chapter number 1. And uh, I'm going to break the first rule of preaching a youth service, and I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 57. Conventional wisdom is that young people can't uh, enjoy a lengthy passage of scripture, but I think I'm a, amongst an exceptional group of young people tonight. And uh, so, I, so I feel good about it. And uh, I appreciate the spirit of worship that's in this place. How many love to worship the Lord? How many think it's good and right to worship the Lord? But the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. And I certainly feel that here right now, in spite of the fact that I'm a relative stranger to this, uh, this church, this congregation, I feel a kindred spirit, and I feel a good spirit of the Holy Ghost in this place. Anybody apostolic in the house? Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody full of the Holy Ghost tonight? Praise God. How many remember what it felt like when God first filled you with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Amen. I want to give honor to the youth committee here tonight for putting this on. And Brother Matthews who contacted me. Appreciate him. And I want to give honor to Pastor Morell and his sweet wife. And, uh, you know, I told him before service, I said, I, I feel like I know you because I've heard so many nice things about you. And I don't think it's just because he's paying a lot of people to say those nice things. I think it's genuine. And I look forward to getting to know them even better. But I do appreciate the invitation to be here. How about we just do this? And I also want to say I love my youth group. I'm biased. I think they're the greatest youth group in the world. And uh, you, you don't have to think that. You ought to think your youth group's the greatest youth group in the world. And that's all right. You just think that. Amen. You know, just like I believe my pastor is the greatest pastor in the world, you ought to believe your pastor is the greatest pastor in the world. Amen. And uh, I appreciate all the, the folks from uh, Apostolic Tabernacle being here tonight. I see uh, Elder Wald, Waldron here tonight, and Walden, and I appreciate him and his family. And I'll tell you, they surely can sing, can't they? they my goodness. And... Uh, Sister Walden and, and all of you here. Luke chapter 1 and 57. Just pretend like you know me even if you don't. And just preach with me tonight. Would that be alright? Luke 1 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. 
And she brought forth a son, and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, No, not so, but he shall be called John. Everyone said John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. Someone said, John. And they marveled all, and his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. I'd like to preach from... This subject, and I, I felt a check in my spirit to go a different direction than I would perhaps usually go in a youth service, but I do feel that I'm walking in the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm preaching from this subject, overcoming the spirit of ordinary. Overcoming the spirit of ordinary. Could you put your Bibles down and could you just lift up your hands and one more time, let's just invite the presence of the Lord into the remainder of this service. Dear Lord Jesus, we're asking you right now to speak to our hearts, God. Minister to somebody in this place. And God, I pray that you would use this humble vessel standing here before this great cloud of witnesses to deliver what you've laid on my heart. And I pray, God, that I would deliver it with humility, Lord. And I'm thankful for everyone here. Bless them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. One more time before you're seated, would you just clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's all right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to preach with the preacher. And if you really meant that, you can be seated. If not, just remain standing. The birth of John the Baptist was an extraordinary event. There was nothing ordinary about John's birth, his life, or his death. But like his cousin Jesus, he was born to an average, ordinary family and into an average, ordinary community and an average, ordinary church. His daddy, Zacharias, was just a mid-level priest of no real distinction. He and his wife, Elizabeth, had one terrible grief in their lives. In the King James vernacular, they were well-stricken in years. That's just a nice way of saying they were old. And they were beyond the hope of ever having a child of their own. And no doubt they had spent hours praying for a son, years praying and hoping, believing perhaps, building their faith for a son. No doubt Zacharias had dreamed of having a son who would bear his name. But that dream faded with each passing year until on an ordinary day in an ordinary temple doing ordinary things, Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, appeared to Zacharias bearing extraordinary news 
And I think it's worth mentioning that Zacharias was in the house of God when the angel called his name. Can I just pause and remind somebody tonight, there is no substitute for the house of God. You need to make sure you're in the house of God. I said, you need to make sure you're in the house of God. Every time the doors are open, every possible opportunity, you ought to make your way to the house of God. Make your way into the presence of God. There is still no substitute for the house of God. Praise the Lord. Evidently, Gabriel appeared in full angelic splendor. He wasn't going incognito. He wasn't in disguise. He was in all of his angelic majesty because there was no question in Zacharias' mind that this was indeed an angel of the Lord. And not just any angel of the Lord, but Gabriel sat in the very throne room of God and he carried a message straight from the Lord. And this is what the angel said. Allow me to read it to you from Luke 1 and 13. He said, Fear not. Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. How many would like to have the Lord say into your spirit tonight that your prayer has been heard? And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy. Someone said joy. Oh, yeah, someone's about to preach with me. And you're about to have gladness, and many shall rejoice. At his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. I wish someone would get that in their spirit tonight. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let's prepare this place right now with our praise. Somebody go ahead and be a John the Baptist. Just prepare the way right now with your worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been running the aisles right about now. If Gabriel appeared to me right now, I mean, you wouldn't be able to hold me back. I'd be running the aisles. I mean, I would be jumping. These chandeliers wouldn't even be here anymore because I'd be breaking them, jumping and hanging from them. Because if an angel of the Lord came and told me that your prayer has been heard and and a miracle's about to happen and and great things and and revival's about to break out and, and you've been praying about this for a long time, Zachariah. You've been dreaming about this for a long time and... And I came to tell you straight from the throne of God. I came to let you know that it's about to happen for you. I said it's about to happen. Well, I feel the spirit of prophecy on me. It's about to happen for you, young person. It's about to happen for your youth group. It's about to happen for your church. I said it's about to happen in your family. It's about to happen in your school. Amen. I would have been running the aisle. Shouting the victory. Doing like some of these good folks tonight were doing. Just getting my praise dance on. Because when, when, the, when the Lord comes in and begins to give you a promise like that, you need to respond appropriately. Oh, I better not get stuck there. 
But there's a proper response to God, and there's an improper response to God. Praise is always the proper response to God. Worship is always, I don't, you say, but preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. Praise is still the proper response, but preacher, you don't know what I've been through. Praise is all, but preacher, you don't understand what's happening in my, praise is always the appropriate response to God. You don't understand. No, I understand. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's on the throne. He's all powerful. He's all powerful. And he is here tonight. You can be seated. I mean, this was the very answer Zacharias had been waiting for. This was it. He'd been longing for it. I wonder, I, I feel quickened when I say that. There's some things right now that are running through your mind. There's some dreams that some young people have here tonight. There's, there's some promises that you've been waiting on for a long time. There, there's some things that you've been hoping against hope for. Happening in your spirit right now. But you know the story. We just read it. Zacharias responded in disbelief. And because of his disbelief, Gabriel took away his voice. God said if you're going to speak words of disbelief, if you're... If you're going to speak words that, that are in doubt to what I have promised you, then I'm going to simply take away your voice right now. So without warning, God did exactly that. And Gabriel told Zacharias that the miracle's already in progress. There's nothing you can do to stop this miracle. Uh, it's not predetermined on your faith or your belief. How many know there's just some things that you can't stop? When God says revival's going to happen, revival's going to happen. You can sit on the sidelines if you want to. You can fold your arms and look mad at the preacher all night long. You can get a rebellious demonic spirit inside of you if you want to. But God is still going to have a church. God is still going to be on the throne Come on, you can look at me You can look at me any way you want to look at this preacher But God is still God God has still given me an anointing God still put a word in my spirit for tonight And God is going to do great and marvelous things Sometimes he's going to do it with us Or without us but I made up my mind tonight that I'm going to be with God. I'm going to be on God's side. I'm not going to find myself playing with the world, flirting with the world, pretending like I'm, I'm sick and tired of people pretending like they're Christians. People coming to church and trying to look good so they can get a girlfriend. Hey, I came to tell you, you better live right. Now, now, hold on. I appreciate y'all are wonderful. I appreciate y'all are wonderful to preach to, but I, I just feel like I need to say this. And you, you don't have to shout. It can get quiet, and I may never get you back. But, young lady, if he ain't living for God on Monday, he's not worth your time. Young lady, I don't care how good he can dance. I don't care how fast he can run. I don't hear how good he can sing. If he's not living for God on Monday, then you need to keep on moving, honey. God's got something else for you. God's got a plan for you. (laughs) 
And listen to me, young man. These godly apostolic women, they're gems. They're not worth your time if you're not serious about God. If you're not serious about living for God, you just leave them alone. I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. Because God has a plan for some young people's lives. God's got a promise for them. That's all right. You don't have to like me. I may never get asked back. That's okay. God's got a plan and a promise for your life. God's got something for you. So he took away his voice. He said, there's nothing you can do to stop it. You're going to have to you're gonna have a child. It's already happening, but not just any child. Many are going to rejoice at his birth. This isn't just going to be any promise. This isn't going to just be a little prayer answer. This is going to be a big deal. And he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. God's got a great plan for you. And he's going to be set apart. It's going to be full of the Holy Ghost. God's got Holy Ghost plans for you. And many shall he turn to the Lord. God's got revival plans for you. And he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Zacharias, you're going to have to receive a greater miracle than you had ever hoped for in your wildest dream. In other words, not only are you going to have a son, but you're going to have an exceptional son. This is going to be a big thing. And when the miracle gets here, all you have to do is name it properly. Just give it the right name. You can't just, you can't just give it any old name. You've got to give it the right name. And God will take care of the rest. But Zacharias was stuck in the ordinary. Look at your neighbor and say ordinary. And he refused to believe that an extraordinary plan. He refused to believe that God had something exceptional for his life and for his people. And like Sarah, he got caught up in the excuses. The, he got caught up in the limitations, the ordinary pressures, the ordinary routines. But God was trying to show Zacharias that he served an extraordinary God who had an extraordinary plan for his life. Uh, let's look quickly at that word ordinary. It simply means by definition of no special quality or interest. Commonplace and unexceptional. Plain or undistinguished. Somewhat inferior or below average, even mediocre. I came to tell a young person tonight, the enemy's been whispering in your ear and telling you that you're mediocre, subpar, you don't quite measure up. God's got a word for you tonight. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. You are not below average. You're not even average. You're above average in Christ Jesus. I hear the word of the Lord saying, you're more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Well, I wish someone would raise your hand and believe that you're more than overcomers in Christ Jesus there has always been a spirit of the enemy that wants to rise up against the church and tell us that we have to settle for ordinary there's always been a spirit that wants to walk into any given church service and tell God's people that we have to settle for the ordinary don't expect anything special don't Expect anything other than average. This service will be just like every other service. People don't really change. Miracles don't really happen. Revival doesn't really break out. I rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. We are above average. We are extraordinary in Christ Jesus. 
I can just hear Jesus telling the disciples, cast your nets out on the other side of the boat. But Jesus, we've been fishing all night long and we've caught nothing. Nobody is catching anything tonight, Jesus. You've just got to understand we're in a burnover field. You don't understand this fishing hole here. It's, it's all dried up, Jesus. There's no use for us to do anything here. Other youth groups have tried to win this school and they've not been able to. But Jesus said, no, you're not hearing me. I'm telling you to cast your nets on the... Listen to me now. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And if you'll just be obedient to the voice of Jesus, I'm telling you, God's about to do something that you thought was impossible. Something that you've given up on. God says, don't give up yet. Don't stop now. Come on. Just do one more thing. Just believe one more time. You can overcome the spirit of ordinary. You don't have to settle for dead and dry, powerless. Resist the temptation, the overwhelming sometimes temptation to settle for below average or mediocre. Listen to the voice of Jesus and stop looking at your empty nets and disbelief. And before we go home tonight, someone needs to just do that in the spirit. You need to cast your net on the other side of the boat. God's got something for somebody tonight. But you got to make up your mind before you leave this service. You're going to receive something from God. You're going to see God do something in your spirit. Preacher, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Trust the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. But Ryan, I've tried everything that I know to try. I've done everything that I know to do. And I've come up empty. Go ahead. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. Even before David could fight Goliath, he had to fight against the spirit of ordinary in his own camp. From the people who should have been Shouting amen. The people who should have been saying, hey, brother, I believe in you. His own brothers were there and they didn't, they didn't think he had a chance against Goliath. His own king looked on with disbelief. Nobody believed in David. He had to overcome a spirit that was trembling on the sidelines, cowering from the voice of the enemy. And I'm preaching right into somebody's spirit tonight. I'm preaching to a youth group that looks at the world and, and it seems like a giant that you cannot overcome. And Sometimes you have to fight the battle in your own youth group, in your own church. We shouldn't have to fight battles there, but that's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes you've got to get through some things internally before you can get out on the battlefield and look Goliath in the eye. Before you can ever put that smooth stone in that slingshot, you're going to have to say, listen, brothers, listen, king, I still serve a God. I still have a God who's going to go with me into that battlefield. I've got a God who's going to walk out onto that battlefield with me. I'm not going to be by myself when I get out there. I know he's bigger than I am. I know he's stronger than I am. I know that world may be more talented than I am, but they don't have the God factor. They don't have the God factor. Amen. Yes. Praise God. His brother said, you're just a boy. His king said, you're nothing special. His own father overlooked him. Do you know why we don't slay more giants? Because we've been paralyzed by the spirit 
of ordinary. David walked into what should have been a courageous army. He walked into what should have been an anointed apostolic service, if you will. But they had been paralyzed by their own ordinariness. David could have easily buckled under the pressure of ordinary, but he, he could not listen to Goliath's mocking voice any longer. You know what he said? He said, is there not a cause? I wish a young apostolic would get this in your spirit tonight. Is there not a cause? And in one of the greatest displays of faith ever recorded in Scripture, David defies the giant of ordinary by saying, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied somebody just ought to get good old fashioned mad at the devil tonight somebody ought to get a little indignation in their spirit and you ought to shake your fist at the enemy and say is there not a cause thou defiest the God of Israel come on somebody Let me summarize David's battle cry for you. He said, I may be ordinary, but my God is extraordinary, and he will fight my battles for me. All of God's people were shocked when the giant fell at his feet. If you, if you come expecting ordinary, then ordinary is what you're going to get. But when you get the spirit of David, victory will come into your life. The apostle Peter had been thrown in jail and his his execution was coming shortly and the church had all gathered at Mary's house to pray for the apostle Peter. And while they were praying, an angel of the Lord delivered Peter from prison. Hebrews 11.1 1 declares that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now I'm going to lose you here. Listen carefully. You can't have faith without hope. And hope is useless without faith. Hello. You can't have faith without hope, but hope is useless without faith. These saints had hope, but they did not have faith. That's where some of you are tonight. So when Peter was knocking at their door, they were doubting that it was really him. That was the miracle they'd been praying for the whole time. Lord, get Peter out of prison. That's what we're praying for. And Peter's knocking at their door. They had been hoping for a miracle, but they were faithless for the miracle. And their miracle was waiting right there, but their disbelief kept them from realizing what was happening before their very eyes. Listen now, we have to be careful that we don't get to a place where God could walk up at, beside us and tap us on the shoulder and we would still doubt his presence. Some cower terrified in the boat, but some have realized that if you want to walk on water, then you've got to do the unthinkable. You've got to do the unfathomable. You've got to do the unexpected. You've got to get out of the ordinary you've got to get into the realm of the exceptional and you've got to start walking in the spirit and not in the flesh and say Jesus if you're walking on the sea then I want to step out and I want to walk on the sea with you Jesus if you're sending revival I don't want to sit on the sidelines I want to get in the revival Jesus, if you're healing, I don't want to be caught staring at everybody else. I want a miracle. I want to get out of the boat and do what it takes. Everybody had already begun calling the baby Zacharias. 
They had already begun to categorize the baby as normal, average, ordinary. But when Elizabeth heard it, she said, no, don't call him ordinary. His name is going to be called John. She had heard from God. And she recognized the greatness that God had placed on her son's life. Listen closely. For years, I almost missed this. But they tried to disregard Elizabeth. And that's exactly what some people will do to you when you make up your mind, young person, that you're going to step out of the ordinary. Just like when Joseph began to have dreams that came from God, his own brothers were the ones who said, no, you're not destined for greatness. You're going to be ordinary just like we're ordinary. What they didn't understand is if they would have trusted God like Joseph trusted God, they didn't have to be ordinary either. They were stuck in ordinary because they wanted to be stuck in ordinary. If you desire to go deeper in the things of God, God will never leave you hungry for more. God will always bring you into deeper water. They tried to ignore Elizabeth. They tried to ignore this mother. They tried to go past her. And they tried to go right to Zacharias. They said, come on, Zacharias. You're not serious about calling him John, are you? Don't you know that John means Jehovah's gift? Doesn't that seem a little overboard? Maybe a little pretentious for you. Give him a name like everybody else does. Just, just give him your name, Zacharias, like everybody else's daddy does. And for nine months, Zacharias had been voiceless. For nine months, he had made no effort to obey the angel's command. But now, the decision could be avoided no longer. No longer could he stand on the sidelines. No longer could he just watch everybody else. He had to make a decision. What's it going to be, Zacharias? And the Bible says that he called for a writing tablet and People were watching with breathless anticipation as the musicians get ready to come. And he asked for a writing tablet and he began to write as people looked on. And he said, his name is John. The Bible says that they marveled that he was willing to step out of the ordinary. Step out of the average and do something extraordinary. And the Bible says something very powerful. That the moment he wrote the words, his name is John. The Bible says that immediately his mouth was open. And his tongue loosed. And he spake and he praised God. Stand with me all across the building. Can we lift up our hands for just a moment? Lord, I feel a sweet spirit sweeping in. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost sweeping in right now. I want to do something a little different. I believe that someone here tonight is going to overcome the spirit of ordinary once and for all. But we do that spiritually. We don't do it with self-help books. We don't 
You can't go to a seminar. You're going to overcome that spirit spiritually. So here's what I, I feel in the spirit. I wonder if there would be someone that would be willing to step out with me in just a moment tonight. And when you come, I want you to come with your voice lifted. And I want you to come praising God and believing God for what seems impossible to you. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's a loved one that the devil's convinced you they're never going to be saved. Maybe, maybe there's a situation in your family, in your home, at school, in your youth group. You know what it is. You know what seems impossible to you. And I wonder if there'd be someone that'd be willing to step out and come praising God and say, Lord, because there's something about when you, when you believe, it'll loose your voice. But what I want us to do is begin to come, begin to come. If you feel faith, if you want to step out of the ordinary, if you're not content to just be average, I'm going to direct you in just a minute. That's it, that's it. Come on, make up your mind. You're not going to just settle for average. As you feel a little stronger, as your faith increases, I want you to lift your voice and begin to praise God with everything you have. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost moving. That's the Holy Ghost. And when you're going to have to move up closer, there's people trying to get up front. We're going to have to move in. Yeah. 
Let me, let me direct you for just a minute. You can't do this by yourself. Find somebody. If you're close to someone you know, if you see someone who's by themselves, I want you to gather together. I want you to get a hold of somebody. I need some pastors. I need some, I need some adults. I need some prayer warriors to gather in and help us pray. Maybe some elders, some ministry. Come on, y'all need to get a hold of somebody. There's, there's people. And they're going to play softly. And I, I'm about to pray a prayer of faith over you. I, we're going to tear down strongholds. I, I, w- I want to hear some young people rebuking the spirit of fear. Come on, some young people need to rebuke the spirit of unbelief. Come on, some of y'all need to kick some spirits out of your youth group. Come on, let's, let's begin to pray some things out of our churches right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now I rebuke the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I pray that faith would be increased in the heart of every young man and woman. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I push against the darkness. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of immorality. I come against unbelief, God. I pray a hedge of protection over every young mind. Lord, I pray a spirit of purity, a spirit of holiness and righteousness, God. I pray that the Holy Ghost would infuse the heart of every believer. God, I pray you would send revival. Send revival on every youth I pray that our churches would be saturated, saturated with your spirit, God. I pray that you'd send a strong anointing. Send a strong anointing on every young heart here. Come on, prayer warrior, help me pray. Come on, prayer warrior, help me pray. Come on, pray for the person next to you. Pray for that person beside you. Come on, pray like their life depended on it. Pray for that person beside you like their life depended on it. Come on, that's all right. That's the Holy Ghost you're feeling. Go ahead and open up your mouth and speak in other tongues. Go ahead and open up your mouth. Let it flow from you. Let it flow from you right now. Come on, that's the anointing you're feeling. That's the anointing you're feeling. Let the anointing settle on you right now. That's the power of God you're feeling. Let God's power settle on you right now. Come on, come on, come on. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. There's power in this place. There's power in this place. Come on, call on the name of Jesus. God's about to answer a prayer right now. God's about to answer your prayer right now. God's about to tear down a stronghold right now. God's about to break through a
feel impressed of the Holy Ghost, I, I have to do this. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come as close to this altar as you can. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to look at the person beside you and ask them, have you received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues since you believe? Come on, look at somebody. Find someone to your left, to your right. Ask them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to just make your way down here right now. Come on, I need someone with some faith to help them. They're going to sing this again. But if you need the Holy Ghost, tonight's your night. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Make your way, make your way, make your way. If that person's answer was no, I want you to take them by the hand and bring them down to this altar. And I want you to begin to pray with them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They're going to sing this again. Make your way. If you need something from God, if you need a miracle, it's not too late. We're not done. Just make your way, make your way, make your way. I see some people who need the Holy Ghost. We're not trying to embarrass you. That's all right. We're just responding in faith. All right. I need some people of faith. There's some people right now seeking the Holy Ghost.